Hey there. So listen, I just created a private Facebook group for women podiatrists who want a more intimate look at how I am running a direct care practice. I will be hosting some webinars to answer all of your questions so you can get an idea of what it's really like to run a cash practice up close and personal and in real time. Soon there will be an opportunity to work with me directly so you can get to where you want to be in your cash practice faster. Private practice can be a lonely experience and I want to make sure you were the first to know about this opportunity. This is the program I wish I had when I started my private practice in 2018. So look for the group in Facebook called Coaching with T and it's private so you have to request admission. This is where people like you who want to be freed from the golden handcuffs of insurance practices come to talk about all the things. There are things that I don't share here that will be exclusive for just that group. This is the company and community that you won't want to miss out on. I hope to see you there. And now on to today's episode. Owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice. And it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of a pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. I get this question so much, practically every day. So where do I start? Where do you start if you want to open a practice, a cash practice? Or where do you start if you already have a practice that is insurance-based, but you want to lean into more of a direct care practice, more of a cash-heavy practice? Where exactly do you start? I think my disappointment in when I started my practice really fueled this movement for me. I saw how unfair the insurance-based system was for both doctors and patients, but it was also disempowering as well. You know, doctors make the prescriptions and recommendations and treatment plans only to be told by the insurance companies that they won't pay for it. And now doctors have to be in the middle of a negotiation between the insurance company and the patient. And patients get disappointed when they're surprised that their insurance benefits doesn't cover the services you provide. And then that puts us in the middle of patient care. And it just felt really silly to keep doing this, to have absolutely no control in how I treat patients and how I get paid. And I know that if you're listening, you're feeling the same pinch. So I believe that these were my lessons that I had to experience. And it's also for me to pass on. So maybe I can prevent you from having the same heartache that I did when I started my cash practice. Now, do I wish I started a cash practice right out of residency or fellowship? Probably not because there were some really important lessons that I had to learn in order to make this change because I'm 
fueled by the disappointments. I am fueled by the anger that I had having to deal with insurance hassles. So I guess it kind of gave me purpose to go through these emotions, to go through these experiences, to really be able to compare and contrast a cash practice and an insurance-based practice. So I'm able to see with both perspectives, the benefits and the disadvantages of both. So I think that gives me a really unique spin on how I perceive a direct care practice. And of course, I've had my husband ask me before, why don't I just go back to the insurance-based practice? And I fought really hard for my answer. And I said, because I just can't see a future where I'm just constantly frustrated every single day in the way that I deliver medical care. So I'm not turning back. I'm committed. This is where I am. And these are the stories I want to share with you. I have met doctors along the way who knew right out of training or in the middle of training that they were going to go cash. So I dug deep and I wanted to know where did that perspective come from? And just knowing that a cash practice even existed, I know it can be done. I've spoken to people who have made it work out and they're so much happier than my friends who have an insurance-based practice. In fact, some of my insurance-based practice friends are telling me they are not letting their children go into medicine because of the system, because of the design of disempowering doctors. And I think that's really unfortunate because we have a gift. We learned a skill and have a gift in caring for people and it's always needed. Every single day a doctor is needed and yet there are fewer doctors entering medical school and stay in practice. And I truly believe that if people were to know about a direct care practice, then maybe there would be more doctors who love their practice, their private practice. So I want to share with you a story. I'm going to take you back to when I first opened my practice in August 2018. I had hired in July and then was grossly unprepared for opening day. I did have a consultant before I opened my doors, but they didn't make much of an effort to make the opening day a special day for me. I felt like there was no real sense of organization or a roadmap or like a checklist that would have been helpful for somebody like me who likes a little bit of structure when going on to a huge venture that is meant to last me for decades. But you live and you learn, right? And that's what I want to share with you. I learned that I had chosen a consultant from an emotional place. I was freaking out and I needed help. I knew I couldn't do it all on my own. There was just way too many parts to a private practice. So that much I knew. I knew that I didn't know enough. So I reached out for friends, for their advice, for help from people who opened their practice and seemed to be doing it successfully. But I didn't do my due diligence on whether or not the consultant would be a good fit for my future. I was only worried about the present tense or the next day, really. And at the time in podiatry, there was very few choices as far as consultants go. So this felt like the only choice. And it was referred 
by a trusted friend. So I thought, what a no-brainer, right? Just go for it. I mean, it worked for her, so it has to work for me too, right? And this is what I got really wrong, very wrong. Her and I, my friend and I, we are very, two very different people. And I should have taken the time to ask myself what I wanted. Instead, I was living day by day, and I wasn't really looking that far ahead. I just knew I wanted to have my practice and make it work for me. But I want to make sure that the mistakes I had isn't going to be yours either. I just had my daughter in June. Um, I made my hires in July, and then I opened my doors in August. Throughout the process, I felt pretty much alone because I was the only one with this vision, and I felt extremely alone and felt like I had to carry all this on myself, as I always do. This is, I don't know if you want to call it like a middle child problem, but I had to fake it till I made it just to show up as if I was the future version of myself, the person who had confidence and was successful. And I ran with the belief that I'm just going to figure it out one way or another. And here comes mistake number two. So number one mistake was choosing a consultant out of fear, out of an emotion. Mistake number two, I thought opening day was the day to start actively marketing for patients. So my books were open, wide open, and I think I had one patient on my first day. And I can't even recall how that patient even came. But I was so grateful. I was like, I did it. I build out the office. I have my employees. Now I can start seeing patients. And the old school philosophy of if you build it, they will come. That is such a risky move. There's like no strategy to that at all. So I don't recommend that strategy at all. Here's where I got really naive. I had already worked in a previous practice as an associate. So I was already within the community for a couple of years. And I thought, hey, people know me. They'll just send patients to me. Totally wrong. I still had to work really hard for those referrals. And I had to like tell them exactly what happened that I had left the previous practice to start my own. And you know, some people refer automatically by a click of a button or you're within a network insurance and a staff will make a referral. So there's a bit of work to do to get those referrals to go to your new practice. And that was something I didn't realize. So I started giving out my cell phone and I said, if you have a patient uh, who needs immediate attention, just text me, I'll bring him in right away. But that was also an emotional strategy. I was working day by day and I didn't have a system in place. And so that was a little bit exhausting. But if you're gonna start a practice, you do have to do some bootstrapping in the beginning, going door to door, making face contact and so on. And now I've started to hear about some really incredible stories of doctors having grand opening days where they had wait lists before they even opened. And so I got really curious about that. I dug right into these brilliant minds and I asked, what the heck did you do? How did you make this happen? And then I realized how deeply unprepared I was when I opened. So now that I know what I didn't know, I want to ensure that you have a better experience because private practice is a really lonely journey. I mean, we are the only crazy people who think it can be done. And you know, not a lot of people are going to be bold enough to believe in themselves. 
And I admit, I attract the crazy ones, the ones who are driven to make a huge impact. And even in the face of fear, we're still gonna do it. So here's a smarter way, a faster way to do it right as to where you can start as you're thinking about your private practice, as you're thinking about either building it or pivoting out from an insurance base into a direct care practice. Here's, here's a secret to some of the mistakes I had. Number one, find a consultant that you can resonate with who has your dream in front of them so that they're leaning into your dream, helping you get there rather than leading you to someone else's dream that already existed because that's the easy way. That's so easy to say, well, another client of mine did it this way, so you should also do it this way. So that's the first thing to look at. Your consultant and you should vibe on the same wavelength, have good energy, should be symbiotic relationship with clear understanding on both sides. Next, to get your schedule filled, you actually need to start right now. So if you're just thinking about it, now is the time to create connections within your decided community. Now, what does that look like? The biggest referral source remains word of mouth, always. In this day and age, it's really easy to make friends with social media and connect in Facebook groups. That's why I just started one. It's free and it's accessible and that's where billions of people are living. They're on the internet anyway. So just having the thought of your practice is exactly when you start marketing yourself. And marketing yourself is really just telling people what you do with or without a physical building to have patients in. You can just say, my name is so-and-so and I love treating foot and ankle problems. I don't have a practice set up yet, but I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Here's my cell phone number. Let's keep in touch. And then reciprocate, what do you do? So whoever you're talking to, whoever you're developing a relationship, figure out what they need so that it's a give and take relationship. It's not just you soliciting because nobody likes that kind of person, but also see how you can help the other person. And that's what it means to connect with people and build your brand so that when you open the doors, you can tell them, hey, by the way, my office is now open. I'd love to help. And that's how other people had a wait list before they even opened. They were planning for a long time. They were planting seeds practically all their life. A lot of people were lucky enough to practice to where they grew up. For me, I didn't practice where I grew up. So I had to start all over again. But what I could have done better was reach out within the community, give talks, join the Chamber of Commerce or Rotary Clubs or other community social events that would have put me in front of more people, people I wouldn't typically be in front of. And you might be saying socializing is really not your jam. Maybe you're an introvert like me, but if you're building a business and you're solving people's problems, people want to know who you are. They're going to want to know where you are. So you might as well be available to them in one form or another. So Facebook group, I think is really valuable and public groups as well, where you're providing community service and you're in front of a lot of people as well. Free, easy things to do. Okay, maybe not easy if you're an introvert, but accessible things that you could do starting right now. And there's been some really great accounts on social media of people showing how they're building their practice. So just building that anticipation that they've got something really exciting. People wanna see behind the scenes sometimes. So if you wanna go that route, that is a really 
great way to do your social media. Again, these are all marketing techniques that cost you zero dollars, but a little bit of effort. So you have to plan ahead. You have to plan for the future, which means you have to start now. You have to build your brand as somebody who is reliable, trustworthy, and likable. And that's how you start to get referrals. In a previous episode, I talked about marketing using Google ads and a variety of other ways where you can put money into. You can do that. You certainly should start putting your business on Google as soon as you have an address and start putting the details of the problems you solve. Easy. I've talked about radio ads, newspapers. I think the return on investment is quite low. I did it because I was targeting a certain population. I don't think that's the first thing you should put your money into. Word of mouth, people you know, they're always going to be the ones putting patients directly into your clinic. I'll share with you a script of me directly soliciting people I know. I ran into a nurse in a parking lot and we were just having small talk and I told her I had moved offices and what I said to her was very clear. I said, I would love to see more patients in my new office. If you can think of anybody who would benefit from foot and ankle services, here's my card. And I wasn't sleazy about it. I wasn't saying anything more than the facts. Like this is my office. I would love to see more patients and that's it. And she was like, okay, sure, I'll take your card. I didn't think anything of it. But a few days later, her husband shows up on my patient list. So she had referred her husband to see me. And then I asked the husband, how did you decide to see me? And she said, my wife thinks you're the best. And whether or not I'm the best, irrelevant. It's what she said. He got into my office. It worked out just fine. So those little connections that you may not think is terribly important uh, is actually critically important. So don't take that for granted. And the last thing you can do is you can start a blog. This is another form of marketing. It's a little bit less direct, meaning it's going to take time to grow. But if you have somebody who's asking you the same question all the time, just create a blog and send people that link. And then you save them the trouble. You save yourself the trouble of repeating yourself. And some people just like reading material. Um, So this is a really nice way to put your stuff out there without actually having a clinic office space, but still being on top of somebody's mind. Because when they read your stuff, your name will be attached to it and they can remember it better. Better than just your name or, you know, what is it that you do again? You know, that kind of stuff. So having something that's tangible, visual, social media, blogs, things like that is going to be really helpful for building your practice. So the takeaway lesson is number one, don't do things reactively. All good things come with planning. Everything that you do right now, think of it as a seed that you're planting and then water it every now and then. And then develop a system where you don't have to be the one going out there, going door to door, meeting people. And once you start to build up revenue, then you can start inserting your money to paid ads and various forms of marketing. So I think the most important thing of where you can start as you're building your practice is building your personal brand. And your personal brand is who you are as a person, your integrity, your likability, and trustworthiness. That's it. That's what doctors are doing to build their wait list. Not just filling up their schedule, but a wait list before they're even open. So I'm curious, how do you envision your opening day? Let me know. Send me an email. 
Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this, you are in control of your life. See you next time.